you for joining us this week for Sunday worship. As a church family, we would normally be in our building and we could pass the collection plates. We share our time, our talents, and our treasure. However, since we are unable to be together, we are asking for your continued support. You can e-transfer to treasure at graceunitedhanover.ca or graceuc at whiteman.ca. Checks can also be mailed to Grace United Church, 310 12th Street, Hanover, Ontario, N4N1V6. Thank you for your support. Spirit is with us, drawing us into this time of worship, drawing us together, those of us who are gathered in person and those of us who worship from home. May we experience the love of God and the compassion of community holding us and surrounding us now and always. A couple of announcements for us today. Please note that the church office will be closed starting tomorrow, um, May 2nd to the 6th, while Laurel is on vacation. And we hold her in prayer and hope that she has a restful and rejuvenating time away. If you do need to contact the office, please leave a message on my answer machine in the office um, because I don't have access to Laurel's answer machine. The following week from May, I put 1st to 16th, that's not right. <laughs> what date is that? Eight, ninth, from the 9th to the 16th, I will be on study leave um, on May 15th on the Sunday. We have a service um, celebrating the work of the Canadian Food Grains Bank with our guest speaker, Lauren Underwood. So please join for that service on the 15th. Following um, the blessing, but before the sung blessing, you're invited to stay as we share another time of learning from our Affirm Committee. And we are continuing to collect food and household items and money for our local food bank. The needs are high, um, so we hold all in prayer from those who work at the food bank to those who use the food bank. And we give thanks to all who helped share in the uh, spring food drive that we did again this year. Are there any, we're in a new month, it's hard to believe it's already May, but are there any birthdays, anniversaries, or other celebrations for this month? Yes, Claire. Your birthday was two days ago. 
Oh, your aunt. Happy birthday to your aunt two days ago. Any other birthdays, anniversaries, a celebration in May? Yeah. You've got a birthday in May. Wonderful. Happy birthday to you. Yeah. Anniversary. anniversary in May. Vera and Larry have a birthday in May. May 5th. May 5th. Vera and Larry on the same day. Happy birthday to both of you on May 5th. Any others? Then let us sing happy birthday, but let's sing happy special day to you. give thanks to God for the blessing that is you. We do have one more announcement, and I'm, I'm going to read it because um, it's difficult for me to share, but many of you have received it by email as well. Um, it's with sadness that I share, that, um, share with you that I am requesting a change of past relationship, effective July 31st, 2022 in order to take the position of Minister of Pastoral Relations for Antler River Watershed, Horseshoe Falls, and Western Ontario Waterways Regional Council. This means that my last Sunday with you will be on July 31st. I have been deeply privileged to be your minister and to share these last five and a half years with you. The ministry we have shared has been enriching, joyful, and encouraging, and it's meant a lot to me. Your care and support have been outstanding. This decision does not come lightly, and sharing it today is tough. Um, I'm sure tough for you to hear as well. Um, if it had not been for this position, I would not have been seeking a change. But prayerfully, I've discerned that my call to ministry has shifted and is now leading me towards helping to support the pastoral relationships of the communities of faith that make up the three regions. The difficult piece of this shifting in my call means that it requires me to leave you, a congregation and a people that I deeply, deeply love. I have been blessed by the time that we have shared. I have learned over our time together that you are a strong, capable, and faithful people, and you will bring all of these things that I have treasured into your new pastoral relationship. God continues to call you to great ministry. I hold you in prayer, and I'm grateful for the ministry we have shared. And I, um, as difficult as I look forward to the next three months that we continue to share together, and when that time comes that we, we go different paths, please know that the love and care and wisdom and faith that you've shared over this time will forever, I'll forever carry it with me, and it will forever be a blessing to um, the people I help in my new role. And as we gather in this time of worship, we remember that we are gathered on the traditional territory of the Haudenosaunee, Anishinaabewaki, and Ojibwe. 
I'm blanking after I should have written it down. We gather on the traditional territory of the Ottawa, Mississauga, and Anishinaabawaki nations that we are called to live in right and full relationship, a relationship that means acknowledging the, the abuse and violence of the past and discrimination, and that, that still lives on today, and that in relationship we are called to work towards truth and reconciliation so we may find healing and a new way of journeying together with one another and with God. Let us join in singing our first hymn, number 509, Morning Has Broken. one another to this time of worship. Now is the time to sing, to sing the good news of God, who awakens us with dawn's embrace, who surrounds us with joy and light. Now is the time to offer praise to God in every place, with every voice, to rejoice in the one who leads us through each moment with a gentle hand. Now is the time to join all creation in extolling God from the depths of the sea to the farthest galaxies. We will sing the good news of Easter. We will rejoice in God who us. And we pray together. God of power, God of people, you are the light of all that lives energy that fills the earth, vitality that brings to birth, impetus in making whole, whether it's bruised or broken. In you we grow to know the truth that sets all creation free. You are the song the whole earth sings, 
the promised liberation brings, now and forever. Amen. And let us hear how God is working in our midst through our stories of our mission. Morning. Taken and detained, 17-year-old Kalel's story. Can you imagine military breaking into your home in the middle of the night, arresting and detaining your child, and then taking them away to be interrogated? This happens nightly in Palestine. It happened to Kalali, a teenager who lives in the Sheikha Jahara neighborhood of the occupied East Jerusalem. Last June, Kalali was simply standing with his mother outside their home when he says he was attacked and assaulted by Israeli police passing by and then detained for two days before being released on bail and placed on house arrest. Even though the house arrest has been lifted, he lives in constant fear. When I go to school, I am constantly worried about my family. When I pass through the checkpoints at the entrances to the neighborhood, whether on the way to school or on my return, I feel as if I am in a big prison, he says in a very brave photo essay he shares about his experiences. Kalali's essay was just released by the Defense for Children International. Your generosity through the mission and service supports this advocacy organization in defending children's rights by offering free legal aid, documenting violations of international law, and advocating for greater protections. Although Israel ratified the United Nations Convention on the Rights of the Child in 1991, the DCIP says that Palestinian children, like Kalali, continue to be systematically denied protections. Last year, 78 children were killed as a result of Israeli military and settler presence in the occupied Palestinian territory. On May 5th to 8th, 2022, the United Network for Justice and Peace in Palestine and Israel is hosting a conference in London, Ontario. Calling, called Responding to a Cry for Hope, the event will largely be led by Palestinian speakers sharing their own experiences. Thursday evening will focus on the Israeli military treatment of Palestinian children. The Reverend Maria Harris, a United Church minister, is one of the organizers of the event. I have been involved in the work since 2002 when I heard what was going on in Palestine and it has completely shocked me. Since then, I have been to Palestine three times. I have friends there. What is happening just isn't right. Harris encourages the mission and service supporters to take the next step and connect with the UNJPPI. I would encourage people to learn more about what is happening and what we are doing by visiting unjppi.org she says. Join Canadians who are standing up for the rights of the Palestinians. The hurting has to stop. I believe good can happen and we are called to help make it, make it happen. We are called. And the reading for this morning is from John 21 verses 1 to 19. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter of Thomas, also known as Didymus, and Nathanael from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and they said, we will go with you. So they went out and got in the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? 
No, they answered. He said, throw your net to the right side of the boat and you will find some. And when they did, they were unable to haul in the net because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. And as soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off earlier, and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far off from shore, about a hundred yards or so. And when they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, bring the fish you have just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of fish, 153, but even with so many in the net, it was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? For they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, and gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This was how the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. And continuing the story. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than those? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. Then a third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus had asked him a third time. Do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to them, follow me. This is the word of the Lord.
remembering all whose lives are touched by violence, but holding in prayer specifically the people of Ukraine. And today, as we've heard the story from our mission, we pray for the children of Ukraine. God, may you bring peace to this world, to the people of Ukraine. Do you love me? Feed my lamb. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be blessed and enriched by God. Who are we? Who are we as a church? This is an important question. It's one that Easter brings to us. Easter, in that season, we hear the stories of the disciples trying to figure out who they are now as a community, as what will become the church now that Christ has been risen. So who are we as a church? This is a question we asked ourselves three years ago as we developed our new mission statement and declared ourselves an inclusive community of faith. It is a question that has been prevalent over the last two years as we have lived through this very difficult pandemic and as we have repeatedly had to let go of faith practices that meant so much to us including for many worshiping in this building. Who were we as a church without a building? Who are we now living with this pandemic? Who are we? It's a question that we are going to be asking ourselves over the next while. Who are we? What is our purpose? Our purpose as a community of faith, our purpose as people gathered in person and online to worship as we open our buildings up for programming that offer support to our wider community, as we gather to work together on committees and to join in various church groups. Who are we? What is our purpose? Let's ask it a little differently. Who does God call us to be? Do you love me? That's not exactly the expected question. After all, Peter has just done the worst thing he could ever have imagined, something he was sure he would never do. It was in a courtyard at Jesus' trial that Peter turned away from it all. Standing by the fire, three different people asked him, are you a disciple of Jesus? And through trembling voice, falling over numb lips, filled with fear, he replies, no, no, no. And now Jesus has been killed and have, having been risen, asks this strange question. Peter, do you love me? The question could be, Peter, why did you deny me? Jesus could be condemning or lashing out or chastising or punishing or retaliating. Instead, do you love me? Yes, you know I do. 
feed my lambs. Do you love me? Of course, feed my sheep. Do you love me? You know me better than I know myself. You are wise to the world. You know that I love you. Feed my sheep. The story that our gospel, the gospel according to John, tells of the exchange between Christ and Peter, it's not a story of forgiveness. After all, there is no mention of repentance or restitution. This is a moment like in the parable Jesus told where the parent runs to their prodigal child with arms wide open, just wanting to embrace. The story of Jesus and Peter is a love story. It's a story about divine love embracing us and drawing us in. Peter is being drawn back into the depth of holy love. Richard Rohr says that there are two things that break through our outer defenses, breaks through our egos and our deeper self. Those two things, he says, are pain and love. Pain because it throws us off balance and it crashes through our facades and egos, striking us deep down at the core of our being, touching our true self. And love because it gently removes the barriers that block the fullness of who we are from being set free. Love because it gently removes the barriers that block the fullness of who we are from being set free. That's where we find ourselves in this gospel. Love setting free. Do you love me? is a question that throws fuel on Peter's love. It's a question that breaks through Peter's hesitations, the hesitations that froze him by a fire and that kept him from crossing the courtyard to stand with Jesus. It's a question that breaks through Peter's fear, fear of what following Jesus means, daring to live and even give up life for the dominion of God on earth. It's a question that breaks through the guilt and heaven knows Peter must have felt a lot of guilt for his denials, for his fears, for his hesitation. Love meets him in those places. Do you love me? This question strikes at the core of Peter breaking through everything else that blocks him from living his true identity. Do you love me? It draws him back into the essentials, to the core of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Do you love me? This question draws him once again into the love of God. Jesus asks Peter, will you be loved, and will you be love? And by saying yes, by being embraced by love, and in turn sharing this love in concrete ways, Peter becomes part of the resurrection of the living Christ's presence in this world. Peter becomes part of the love embodied by Jesus, a love that Easter joyfully proclaims cannot be diminished and cannot be destroyed.
By being loved and being love, Peter becomes part of the risen body of Christ alive and at work in this world. Friends, as our gospel reminds us today, the question of who we are and how we will live is particularly poignant in moments of stress, uncertainty, regret, and fear. As a country, in our communities, in our homes, and in this church, we have seen how this pandemic has worn us down. Do you remember those bold public displays of love and care that were shared early in the pandemic when we thought this would only be a short while of pulling together? Do you remember the cheering of first responders every night or the community scavenger hunts where people put up pictures that they drew in their windows or the free online or televised programs that brought comfort? This past week, the last of the cheering on of hospital care workers ended in Toronto after two years, but in many communities it ended before. Through time, through pain, through disappointment, through unfulfilled longings, we have been worn down. For many of us, our love for others has been stretched and pulled thin at times during this pandemic. Exhaustion and uncertainty have left a toll on many of us, on our bodies, on our compassion, on our finances, on our trust. It has strained us as a community of faith, even as we worked hard and worked together to be the church throughout all of this. And this is where we find ourselves, sitting beside Peter, worn, weary, and wondering. This is the place where Christ sits down beside us and asks us the question, the question that is the invitation to live and respond to our calling. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. Today we hear the question asked of us once more that is spoken into this very moment with all that it brings into our lives and our church. Will we be loved? And will we be love? Will we be loved? And will we be love? Like Peter in today's gospel story, we are being embraced and drawn in by divine love, by God drawn into an ongoing and ancient love story. God enters into the core of our being and through unhindered love, God liberates us. This divine love offers to gently remove the blocks of our lives as love so often does. This divine love meets us in our fears and our uncertainties and our regrets and our hesitations, meets us in our mistakes and in our pain, meets us in our false and dangerous desires, and it meets us and helps us to unleash our full humanity, our full calling, which is our full love.
Love unleashes the goodness we were created in, the God image that is in you and in me, the body of Christ that is made up of us, us together. Will we allow ourselves to be loved, to be loved by God, by neighbor, by all creation? Filled with God's love, we find our calling. Because we are loved, we can love boldly. We can add to the love that abounds in the ways that only we can. We can add to love in specific and particular and wonderful ways. We can share love with all creation, seeing the world as God's beloved and worthy of our care and concern. We can live love, sharing love in everyday and concrete ways as we care for one another and reach out to those around us. It is love, holy God-given love, that leads us, like Peter, to fully experience and live the promise of resurrection. Easter is a season. It's a movement, a sending out. Easter tells us that God sees us for who we truly are beyond the pain and regret and shortcomings and more. Easter tells us that God sees us as beloved and that God sends us out to share the love of Christ in our words and in our action. It's receiving and giving. It's worshiping and it's working. It's being loved and it's being love. In Encountering Christ and being reflections of Christ's presence to others. Who does God call us to be? Jesus stands in our midst asking us once again, asking us again and again and again. Do you love me? Inviting us to reclaim our sacred calling. Feed my sheep. Friends like Peter, may we find our place within the holy love that Christ reveals, and may we be led forth in resurrected living. Friends, come. Let us continue to be part of the amazing things that God is doing right here and right now. Amen, and thanks be to God. Let us join together in singing from More Voices 154, Deep in Our Hearts.
Friends, we have shared our gifts of time, talent, love, food, relationship, and money. We've shared these gifts with God that they may go out and bless this church and this world. And so we pray asking God's blessing on all that we share. Let us join in our offertory prayer. You, O God, are the Easter one. You are the holy source of resurrection. You are the dancing spirit of love. We offer these gifts in gratitude for hope returned, for the mystery of your grace, and for the promise of resurrection. Amen. And we extend our prayers, our prayers of thanksgiving and our prayers of need, our prayers for ourselves and our prayers for others as we join in our prayers of the people. Let us pray. Merciful and loving God, we come into your presence today hoping in some way to touch you, to see ourselves, for see for ourselves the truth of your resurrection. Gather up our lingering fears and confusions. Meet our doubts with compassion and understanding. Open our eyes to your love and grace surrounding us. Open our ears to hear your call, calling us to new challenges. Open our imagination to new possibilities. Come anew to all who have been unable to believe. Come anew to all who have known you, but have turned away from you. Help us to experience you standing in our midst, saying, Peace. May our broken world and our broken lives be transformed in your image. We offer woundedness and turn to you for healing and newness of life. For you, O God, are our strength, our hope, and our salvation. We pray today for our congregation as we face the changes that are coming. Help us to always know, O God, that you are with us, guiding us, encouraging us, and strengthening us. Bring us peace and vision, and bless the next three months that we share together. We pray, O God, for all who are struggling today struggling because of the death of a loved one or the loss that they encounter. We pray for all who are living with violence and war. We especially remember the people of Ukraine. We remember children who are caught in the middle of conflict and violence. We pray for the people of Russia, that there may be a turning towards peace that there may be healing in this world. We pray for all who are supporting those who face violence. We pray for your peace and healing, O oh God. We pray for all who are supporting others, remembering those with loved ones who are ill, living with complex care, or who are dying. We pray for those who work in health care and home care and group homes, those who drive people to appointments, those who offer care and concern in so many ways. We pray for families, friends, caregivers, and volunteers. O oh God, with communities of faith throughout Western Ontario Waterways Regional Council, 
We pray for the people of Dundalk United Church. With our kindred in the World Council of Churches, we pray for the people of Afghanistan, Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, Mongolia, Tajikistan, Turkmenistan, and Uzbekistan. And we offer our individual prayers to you now, O God. We pour out these prayers to you, O God, joining them with the prayers of all people and all creation, trusting in your great love and open to the ways in which we can be channels of your love. We pray all this in Jesus' name, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And let us sing, May the God of Hope Go With Us, Voices United 424. Friends, a reminder, following our blessing, Adam is going to introduce to us our Affirm video for today. But friends, as we conclude this time of worship, and as we go into this week with whatever it brings our way, may we know that God journeys with us, God holds us in love and care, and God leads us to amazing things and to the ways in which we share love in the way that only we can. Friends, let us go in love, let us go in peace, and let us go with God. Amen.
hi again. <laughs> uh, so the Affirm Committee is really proud and pleased to bring you this video. It's actually from Microsoft, Microsoft Game Studios to be particular. Um, and I want you while you're watching the video, if you're watching at home as well, uh, think about the video and how we can maybe change our church to uh, see the same things that Microsoft has done. So uh, Paul, if you want to, please go ahead and I'll talk to you after the video. Individuals who sign have a language. It's not just like a manual form of whatever spoken language that happens to be in your area. Uh, it has its own like uh, syntax, has its own structure, um, has its own idioms. And if you look at that from that perspective, if the world itself was you know, inclusive and accessible to everyone, we would still have a language. There's a bunch of common misconceptions about sign language. It is not just what's on this. It is the face, it is the position, it is uh, how you move your body in time and space. Deafness varies from hard of hearing to people who are deaf and use sign language as their first language. I think it's important for us to be inclusive of the entirety of that spectrum. And that's what led us down the path to the, the new sign language feature. Forza Horizon 5 is an open world game set in the beautiful, diverse country of Mexico. One of the core pillars of Forza Horizon is freedom. And the way that manifests itself in the game is that we, as much as possible, try to give players the choice about what it is they do next. Um, there are so many decision points within Horizon that everybody's journey through the game is, is pretty much unique to them. And a, a lot of the game's story and a, and a lot of the game's tutorial where we're giving players instructions about what they need to do uh, is delivered in cinematic cutscenes. Um, and so that was where we wanted to focus our effort when we were delivering the BSL and ASL support. I think it is so incredible that Forza Horizon 5 is embedding not just one sign, but two. And I think there's a common misconception with American Sign Language and British Sign Language. Well, they're they're the same, right? No, they couldn't be more different. We brought in some people from that community into the into the studio to come and talk to us and um, share their experiences. And that was one of the most 
inspirational days of work I've I've ever had. I was streaming and then there was this person in chat who was like, hey, I'm from Microsoft and I want to reach out to you. And that followed up with an invitation to come here to Playground Games for the uh, accessibility uh, sprint as a subject matter expert, as someone who's hard of hearing. And it was very revealing for me as a gamer um, to sort of think about, well, if I, if I had a magic wand, like, you know, if money was no object, what would I do? And, you know, I'd be like, well, sign language, it's, you know, put it in because English is a second language or a third language, so, you know, do that. These are some of the core fundamentals when we think about accessibility. You've got to embed inclusive design from the start. You've got to embed people with disabilities into the process. You've got to really listen to what people need in order to game. You'd really have to go into it just open-minded and assume you know nothing, have complete humility and go into it and ask questions, let people share their stories and share their experiences. Because when they do that, you know, we can all learn and we can get better and we can be inspired to have new ideas for how we can deliver better features and better content for those players. Coming in again to play the game and to see the feature in action, despite being terrible at driving, um, was great because there were even considerations that I hadn't thought about, like the background. I had assumed the interpreters would have just a, a plain white background, but I had the option to change the color and uh, you know, to move that interpreter around the frame. That was really just cool and exciting. And, uh, and then seeing the, the interpreter come up was just magical because it was this new moment that hadn't really ever existed before. And in some small way, I got to kind of be a, a part of that and a catalyst in it. But I did want to show you one of the cutscenes that's with the ASL support turned on. Hey, Ale. How can I help? Jump in the buggy. I'll tell you the story on the way. Let me just get the door. Is that key? <laughs> it's really here. <laughs> we found it for you, Papa Fernando. But. Look at it. I've never seen a beetle like that. type of integration with uh, sign performers in the game. There's definitely an opportunity here where we can show what we've learned as a company, and we really need to provide that information and the tool to the different studios that are interested in doing this, and say, you know, this is what we've learned, and this is what worked, and this is what didn't work. There you go. Make it better. I think when you approach accessibility, it's it's easy to think that the options that you're adding and the settings that you're adding are only serving a very a small number of players and maybe that it, you, that resource could be better spent on, on features that benefit a perceived large number of players. Um, but I don't think that's, that's necessarily true. Every little thing that we can do as developers to make their enjoyment easier, to make their access to games easier, is just bringing more and more gamers into this hobby that we all love. And so I, th I hope that when other developers see that we've done this and learn from us and I think we're happy to talk to anybody to, 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 sh to share those learnings. I hope that more and more developers will start to introduce features like this as well. I think play is a fundamental right 
And if you take that as given, then it's important, if not even more important in these times that everyone can play, including the 400 million gamers with disabilities around the world. So my hope is that this inspires the rest of the gaming industry in the same way as you've inspired us to really lead the future, to raise that ceiling, raise that bar of what's possible, and that we become more inclusive, thoughtful, respectful, empowering to gamers with disabilities out there. So I hope you uh, gained some inspiration from that video, and uh, I hope we can translate what they were talking about to our church here. I know McCall prints his bulletins, which we'll appreciate if we are help trouble hearing or want to read along with them. But uh, you were talking a lot about diversity and inclusion this morning in our church um, with our mission statement, and I hope we can take this video to inspire us to be inclusive to all and invite everybody to come to Grace United. So I appreciate your time and, and those at home for watching as well too and, and thank you and think about this and, and we're open to ideas at the Affirming Committee. You can come talk to us uh, and uh, let us know what your thoughts are too and how we can strive to be an inclusive and open church. Thank you. Mm -hmm.